0: You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's going on, Team Buck? Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. You're thinking, oh, again? Jeez. When's Buck coming back? I'll be back on Wednesday. So have no fear. He'll be here very soon. Uh, Coming up in this hour, uh, we're going to talk about Lil Nas X, his shoes. Lil Nas X's shoes. Listen, I care as little as you do, but there's actually something noteworthy here that we must discuss. Um, I never thought I would ever talk about Lil Nas X's shoes or ever say the words Lil Nas X, but it'll make sense in a minute here. Also, uh, latest with the border and a story, which is exactly what we talked about on Friday show. But coming out, I want to talk about SB uh, 202, I believe it is, SB 202, I think, which is the Georgia election law, Yes, yeah, SB 202. And they're just straight lying to you about it. Just in your face, blatant lying. So we'll talk about that all coming up next. But first, uh, listen, you know big tech and they're the worst. So how do we get around it? Uh, ExpressVPN. Right? How, do, how do they make their money? How, how does Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the rest, how do they make their money? They make it by tracking you. They follow you and then they sell it. They sell your data. They sell your information. That's how they exist. right? I, I'll never forget when Zuckerberg... Uh, testified or whatever and he's like oh no we don't track and follow people it's like no nope, that's your business model <laughs> what if you don't do that's all you do so ExpressVPN can get you around that right hide your IP address so they can't uh, trace and your what you do and then sell you to advertisers super easy to set up uh, and also works on your phone as well expressvpn.com buck and you get a, the special link there will give you three extra months of ExpressVPN service Express. VPN.com slash buck and protect your data today. What's going on, Team Buck? Mike Slater here from San Diego filling in for Buck, and you're like, oh, when's Buck coming back? Uh, Wednesday. He'll be back on Wednesday. But, yeah, great. Nice to see you too. Listen, I am as disappointed as you are. Every time I I tune in to my favorite host and he's not there, I'm feeling just like you are right now. Alas, I'm the best you got right now, so let's do it together. Today, we're going to talk about uh, Lil Nas X's shoes. We've got some border stuff. Uh, we got a ton of stuff today, actually. That's all coming up in this hour, but i got to start here because blatant lying to your face uh, bothers me. Talking about Georgia's SB202, this is the new Jim Crow law. Jim Crow 2.0, Jim Eagle, as Biden oddly called it in his... <laughs> press conference the other day. Now, just to set the stage with the absolute hysteria that the left is painting this as, uh, I want to play this clip from Joy Reid. Now, I I make it a practice of not playing clips from MSNBC, but I only want to play this here because this is a perfect example in 40 seconds, very concise example of how Georgia's voting reform law is being characterized by the media and by the president himself. He called it sick. He said this law is sick and uh pernicious all right so this is also a warning to any other state that dare has the gall to reform their voting system all Right. so if you're in uh whatever tennessee florida whatever any other red state if you dare try to shore up your voting system you're going to get the same treatment that george is getting right now here it is
0: Let's just be clear for everybody who's watching this right now. What Republicans are saying is they're going to make it torture for you to vote in line by having fewer machines, beat up machines, places where in urban centers, places where black folks live, suburbs where black people live, make it impossible or torture for you to vote in line. And then they're going to make it impossible for you to vote by mail. They're going to lock off every way that you can vote. And then even if you survive all of those restrictions and you finally get your vote in, then they're going to say ways out. We're just not going to count what you did because we don't like who you voted for, so we're just going to give it to the other guy. This is the end of democracy in America. This is the beginning of the South, the South Africa strategy. This is minority rule. This is saying we will rule over the objections of the majority of the American people. This is the most serious thing that we've seen happen since the January 6th siege. It's another kind of siege. It is absolutely bizarre, and it is—I uh, say it's un-American. It's probably kind of, in a way—it's <laughs> it's, old-school American. It's Jim Crow American.
1: Oh— absolute hysterical torture is torturing you while you stand in line have you heard this they're making it illegal to drink water can you believe that they've made it illegal to drink water while you're standing in line to vote it's absolute torture this is from the hill georgia law makes it a crime to give food and water to people waiting to vote joe biden said it's an atrocity you can't provide water to people standing online and waiting to vote. We don't need anything. We don't need anything else to know that this is nothing but punitive and designed to keep people from voting. Insane. It does none of those things. Brilliant marketing, by the way. Let's just take a quick aside. Give a round of applause for wonderful marketing here. Wonderful spin. Uh, but straight lies. Uh, my favorite uh response to all this is uh, someone quoting Matthew twenty-five thirty-five. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I love it when people use the Bible as chaff. <laughs> That's great. You know, chaff, right? Like uh, like a fighter jet is flying and a missile's headed its way. The pilot will drop chaff behind it, these little tiny pieces of aluminum and it confuses the radar and the missile doesn't know where the jet is anymore. That's what the people who who quote the Bible just throw at these Bible verses on political issues like this so it's not the holy word of god it's it's bible as chaff to win a political argument by distracting people away from the real issue itself oh you're against jesus uh no i what, <laughs> what are you even talking about all right here's what the georgia bill does you ready i'm gonna quote it it's sb 202 no person shall solicit votes Or distribute or display any campaign material nor shall any person give offer to give or participate in the giving of any money or gifts including but not limited to food and drink to a voter that's that you can't drink while in line this code section shall not be construed to prohibit a poll officer from making available self-service water from an unattended receptacle to a voter waiting in line to vote so Here's the truth. As they say, this is torture and you're not allowed to drink. The truth is one, you can still bring your own water, which is not that hard to access in America. You can still order food while in line. Like you can order food. You call up Domino's, you call up DoorDash, you can get whatever you want. You can have food delivered to you while you wait in line. Or if there's an entrepreneurial chap selling hot dogs outside, You can do that. Someone selling hot dogs, someone selling hamburgers, whatever. You can go buy yourself a hot dog while standing in line. No problema whatsoever. If you feel compelled to donate food or water to people who are standing in line to vote, you can do that, too. You just first have to give it to a poll worker so that they can put it out for general use. So all those things are still allowed. What this prevents is someone passing out water with Joe Biden labels on it. What this prevents, as Dan McLaughlin put it, is someone wearing an NRA t-shirt and MAGA hat handing out Coke brother financed pizza to everyone in line. Vote for Biden, vote for Trump, vote for this person, here's some pizza. You can't do that, that's called electioneering. That's been against the law for 100 years it's, it's preventing people from saying, hey, you want some water? Vote for Biden. Biden, giving you water. Like, that's what it's preventing. This is a very normal law. <laughs> There's nothing. on. Every state has it. And no one dies of thirst. Not a single person. Like, one thing with moral panics is they're usually based off of a kernel of truth. Right? I remember, uh, I think on Thursday, we were filling in for Buck. And uh, we talked about the, the four steps of a moral panic. And the first step is something happens. That's the first step of a moral panic. There's at least some semblance in truth. There's something that happened that caused the moral panic. In this case, it's, it's based off nothing. No one's ever died of thirst while in line voting, waiting to vote. It's never happened one time ever. And it won't happen in Georgia. It's not torturous. You can still get water. This is a very normal law. Minnesota has a, has a pretty strict flat-out ban. It says no one except an election official or an individual who's waiting to register to vote or someone conducting exit polling shall stand within 100 feet of the building in which a polling place is located. So in that case, the the hot dog vendor can't even be there. That law went all the way up to the Supreme Court in 2018, Uh, specifically the aspect of the Minnesota law that banned people from wearing buttons uh, or t-shirts of their candidates when they went to vote. And the Supreme Court upheld the law. The Supreme Court said casting a vote is a weighty civic act it is a time for choosing not campaigning and the state may reasonably decide that the interior of the polling place should reflect that distinction and the same is true while standing in line you can't have any electioneering while it's going on new york the state that joy reed lives in has the same law it says you can't hand out food or drink meat or tobacco joe biden's home state of delaware has the exact same law is that a racist state? Are there people dying while voting? Standing line, they die. It's torturous in Joe Biden's home state. Jeez. 1998, there's a, a case that went to the uh, Supreme Court of Kentucky, and a guy won by eight votes. I, I don't know what the race was for, but he won by eight votes. And the judge, the, the Supreme Court, threw out the results. Because it was proven that he was handing out food and glad handing within 500 feet of the building where people were casting votes. And the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. And they overturned the election results because of it. You with me? So this whole, oh, the evil Republicans, Jim Crow 2.0, it's even worse. They won't even let you drink water while standing in line. That is a complete lie. And they know it. They must know it. But the best part of this bill for me, the entire premise is that, you know, Joy Reid said, she said, Republicans want fewer machines and longer lines to torture you. So first of all, longer lines for voting usually happen in urban areas, which are controlled by Democrats. Okay. It's not exactly in the Republican strongholds, Republican bastions, are they preventing black people from voting, right? These are in the Democrat precincts. The law says, if in the previous election there were lines that lasted longer than an hour, The state can override local control and do one of three things. They can add more voting precincts, more voting locations. They can add more machines or they can add more poll workers. Why? To decrease the length of the line. That's what the evil Republican bill is doing. They're seeking to decrease the lines. Shorter lines, less waiting in line, and they're criticized for being racists. So this bill seeks to end electioneering when people are waiting in line by one, outlawing electioneering, and two, eliminating lines. It's just amazing how much they can just flat out lie to you, and the media provides the cover fire, and people fall for it. Mike Slater. MikeSlater.Locals.com. I'll put some information on our website, MikeSlater.Locals.com, so you can uh, read it and share that. Please share the truth. MikeSlater.Locals.com. Spread the word. Hey, Team Buck. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Buck's going to be back on uh, Wednesday. Have no fear. So we talked on Friday's show, uh, and it was a super downer segment, but uh, told the truth of of what happens at our border uh, when it comes to sex trafficking that the people who supposedly care about the people coming across the border uh, never talk about. And it's one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why I am for closing down the border and streamlining the legal process to prevent. Listen, I am generally for things that the drug cartels are against. So I'm for shutting down the border. Drug cartels hate that. Human sex trafficking cartels hate that. Therefore, I like that. I think that's a pretty, like you're probably going to be right on track. If the drug cartels are against it, therefore you should be for it. So we talked about this on Friday and here we go. Uh, New York times nine year old migrant girl dies trying to cross the Rio Grande into us. The girl was found unconscious on an Island on the Mexican side of the river near the Texas border could not be revived. We've said for years, you need to shut down the border so you can stop enriching the drug cartels and for the safety of the people who are making this incredibly dangerous journey. The people who are for open borders, they don't know what it's like. They just imagine you just hop, skip over the border, and here you are, and it's hunky-dory and safe and sound. In this case, there was a mom and three kids. Uh, a rescue call came to the U.S. Border Patrol, which is pretty amazing, right, that the U.S. Border Patrol sprung to action. It was a mother uh, and three-year-old. No, it was mom and two kids. Sorry, mom and two kids. It was the mom and a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. They were all unconscious on this small island in the middle of the river, Rio Grande, and they were able to resuscitate the mom and the three-year-old, but they couldn't revive the nine-year-old, and they were all from Guatemala. The border agent said they've rescued uh, 500 migrants since October, rescued them from dying. 82 of them have, in fact, died. Uh, Just on Wednesday, uh, a man from Cuba died trying to swim around the border barrier barrier between tijuan and san diego which was the second person to drown there in the last two weeks uh obviously Tijuana and san diego are right on the coast so the, the border wall goes out into the ocean a little bit so this guy tried to swim across and he drowned and that happens frequently so i bring all this up for the obvious reasons but also this is steve krakauer he said i'm not or i'm not saying this tragic death is on joe biden's hands but i am saying if this were last year The media would be saying that it is on President Trump's hands. And we know because they did it a hundred times. This is CNN back in 2019. The tragic father-daughter photo is a moral stain on Trump's America. How come this isn't called Biden's America? The photo of a dead father and daughter uh, shows the nature of Trump immigration policy. Now what's even more in your face about this is... Of course, of course, Trump was characterized as a monster. Biden will never be characterized as a monster, that's for sure. But what's even worse is the media is tripping over themselves to praise Biden's decency and morality. Remember one of the questions at the press conference from the, the, uh, the PBS reporter was, uh, the perception of you that got you elected, sir, your highness, was that you are a moral and decent man and so smart and handsome and magical and mysterious and wonderful and lovable. Oh, I love you so much. That's the propaganda. Trump was the monster, even though, and I share this fact all the time, over the last 40 years, Trump was number one, number three, and number 10 in the granting of asylum requests. That's number one over any president over in any year in 40 years, he was number one, number three, and number 10. Trump is a monster, and Biden is a moral and decent man. While people are dying along the border, kids are dying. Kids are getting wrapped up in sex slavery. Still, Biden is moral and decent. You remember that? This, like, well, this is one of the most unbelievable facts of Trump. During Trump's presidency, the pictures that were shown around of kids in cages, I'll never forget one of them. It was Obama's sp- former speechwriter. He said, this is happening right now. Kids in cages, right? This is happening right now. And just went on about how horrible and horrific and this is Trump's America. And it was a picture from 2014. That was, in fact, Obama Biden's America. And it's the same thing today. The amount of deceit from the media on this issue is astounding. Even by the media's normal standards, which is what we just talked about in the last segment. I don't like to talk, there's a ton more to say about this and we'll have more time, but uh, I don't like to talk about the border anymore unless I have solutions at the end, or at least a guiding principle and light that we need to move towards. You need to shut down the border. No one can come here illegally and set up a much faster system for people who do want to come legally. I mean, I talk to people all the time who, I was talking to someone the other day, his uh, wife is in somewhere, Chile or something. And it's been like a year and a half to go through the the process which normally still takes a a year because of covid and everything else but it still takes way too long it needs an up and down vote almost immediately like as fast as possible and you wait on the mexican side while you decide and we need to come up with different standards for what allows someone in and what disqualifies you i don't know what those standards should be but that's a wonderful conversation to have and the point is we decide as a country So that's it you shut down the border no one comes across illegally the drug cartels will hate it the sex trafficking cartels will hate it that's awesome streamline the whole process up down very quickly we decide what standards exist great chaos helps no one except for the cartels and democrats but sometimes it's hard to tell the difference mike slater dot locals Dot com Everything we do, we put up there, Mike Slater.locals.com. We'll come back with Lil Nas X. Ugh. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Spread the word. What's going on, Team Buck? Mike Slater here in San Diego filling in for Buck Sexton. He'll be back on a Wednesday. Mike is our website. It's where we put everything, Mike Uh Buck and I, we've been friends forever. he's uh, We have a TV show together, not together, same network on the first. And uh, I follow him around every network he's ever on. And honored to fill in for him today. Thanks for being here. All right, let's talk about Lil Nas X. Uh, This segment, not appropriate for kids. FYI, which is the point. Uh, So Lil Nas X, he's a rapper. He's got a video where he's giving a lap dance to Satan. And in real life, he's selling... 666 pairs of Satan shoes. You can go to Satan.shoes and see them for yourself. And they're made with a drop of human blood and a pentagram and whatever. All right, Lil Nas X, I'll bite. First, I know what you're up to here, okay? (laughs) right, I get it. Artists do stuff like this from time to time to get a rise out of Christians. And then when Christians say something like, Hey, you know, this isn't that great for children. They come back with, Oh, you Christians, you're so uptight. Don't you understand the art of it? Don't you understand the messaging? Shouldn't you be worried about something else? Why do you even care? That's one too. Why do you care? Why are you obsessed? Oh, you think Lil Nas X is turning kids into Satan worshipers? You Christians, always overreacting. Always so judgy too. Why are you judging? Why aren't you more loving? You need to be more loving. You need to be more understanding and loving. Oh, okay, you're right. It's great. Go ahead. Give Satan a lap dance in videos. That's fantastic. (laughs) Right? That's the game. I get the game. I understand the game. It's about money. It's about money and attention. Okay? And you did a great job. (laughs) You did a great job. That being said, if you, parents, are not actively taking the reins of raising your children, then someone else is. Someone's raising your kids. Do not outsource the raising of your kids to anyone else, to anything else. Because the people who you outsource it to hate you. They hate you. They hate you. They hate your values. They hate your worldview. They're out to destroy it. Oh, they package it very nicely. But be careful. The people who are writing TV shows and movies and video games and music and things on the internet, you're giving the reins of your child's heart and soul. To people who you would never leave your kids in the same room with, yet you bring the, the the things that those people make into your home, just be very careful of that. But you know, I'm Lamo Super Prude over here. That's my alter ego, ego superhero. I don't know if, our local show He comes out every couple of weeks ago. Lamo Super Prude, this Lamo Christian over here just you he just don't get it. Why are you so tight? all right so lil X, if you don't know uh he's a rapper a couple years ago he got famous for the song old town road which was this catchy rap uh country crossover i hated it then but you're supposed to love it this was the moment that i got super concerned about this is actually a pivotal moment i distinctly remember this video when it came out um and it was very concerning (laughs) then uh this is when I saw, I, I realized how powerful pop culture is. This is a video of uh, Lil Nas X back in 2019 performing at, a, at an elementary school. And the kids are hypnotized. Elementary school, these are kindergarten kids. It's like five, six, seven, maybe eight, maybe eight years old in the, in the audience here. These kids are entranced. They're jumping to the beat. They're singing along with every word. They, like, they can't get enough of it. They're just, they've lost their minds. They're like, they're like animals, like freaking out. The chorus of the song is, can't nobody tell me nothing, you can't tell me nothing. All right, so go, let's have our kids walking around all day with that catchy beat in their head of can't nobody tell me nothing. That's great. Why are people not more careful about what they allow into their kids' heads? It's amazing to me. These are elementary school kids, okay? so anyway here's here it is and you can just get it just from the audio You get the idea. You get every, and they know every single word. They're freaking out. And there's some bad stuff in that song too, but no one cared. My son, my oldest son, Jack was two. I have a, a Jack's four, Grace's three and Johnny's one. Uh, Jack was two when that song came out. And that was such a warning for me to watch my kids, uh, and watch what they're listening to and what I'm putting into their brain. Uh, so anyway, he that's the guy. So that's Lil Nas X two years ago. And now and then he was came out as gay and now he's giving lap dances to Satan in music videos. And you're saying, oh well Slater, um, you know, this isn't for kids. You know? This stuff's not for kids. The you're giving Satan a lap dance. So, you know, you're overreacting. This it's not for elementary school kids. Uh Lil Nas X he says he wrote this on Twitter just yesterday. He says, I'm an adult. I'm not going to spend my entire career trying to cater to your children. That's your job. Okay. So he says, "He says I'm not going to spend my entire career trying to cater to your children. This is an NPR headline. Lil Nas X says children are his core audience right now. And that's okay. That was from January of 2021. Okay. Three months ago children are my core audience today children are not my core audience with my satan lap dance song he also uh, t- coordinated with his release of his satan's shoes he released a children's book called c is for country and he was just on sesame street promoting it a is for adventure b is for boots c is for country oh how cute now what the preview doesn't show you is The rest of the letters, they show you A is for adventure, B is for boots, C is for country. They don't show you F is for fringe, feathers, and fake fur. S is for swag with his purple cowboy hat as he comes out as gay. They don't show you that in the preview to the book. So you see how this works. You see how this works. These people, they cater to children, your children, and then they pull the old switcheroo on you. And then that person... The pervert comes back and says, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not here for your kids. That was what my, that was Miley Cyrus, right? There's a million examples, but that was Miley Cyrus. Kids hitch themselves to the Miley Cyrus bandwagon, or maybe I'd be honest here. I don't want to be rude, but you hitch your kids to, or you allow your kids to be hitched to the Miley Cyrus bandwagon. Cause she's just a fun, cute little girl. And it's the Disney channel. I trust the Disney channel. Don't let your kids watch the Disney channel or you out of your minds. But you, you let your kids hitch, hitch themselves to this bandwagon. And then before you know it, she's stripping, writing songs about drugs and, and being her authentic self. Or how, however they spin it, right? So these people, they, they, they lose their minds. right? They go psychotic. They lose their minds. And now your son and daughter's along for the ride. But again, I'm just lame super prude over here. I just don't get it. Oh, Slater, you just don't get it. you just don't get it. Why are you so uptight? Loosen up. Here's another one. I hear this too. Slater, are you just going to protect your kids from everything forever? I love that. Are you just going to shelter your kids forever? They're four. My kid is four. (laughs) Or even six or 12. So yeah, not forever. Not forever. No, no. But they're 12. So yeah. Eight years old. Is not old enough to understand what he's seeing and hearing from a guy who's selling filth. An 8-year-old, a 12-year-old can't see through this and what Lil Nas X is trying to do. I'm 36. I get it. I see the act. I see the show. It's a game. He's trying to get attention. He's trying to make money. Yeah, I get it. 12-year-olds don't understand that. I got more to say about this. Sorry, I'm about to go on a a rant. Mm. Uh, What do I do? Feel rant coming. That wasn't it. That was just build up. Ah, Let me take a break. I'll end with this. Philippians 4. Whatever is It's so important what your kids consume. It's important what you consume. Your inputs. Watch your inputs. Curate your inputs. Because what is inputted into your brain, into your heart, into your soul, that changes what you think about. And what you uh, think about changes what you, what you do (laughs) and how you feel. Watch your inputs. You don't think giving your kids the input, even his old song, forget about the lap dance song to Satan. This is a song with the lyrics. uh, Can't nobody tell me nothing. You think pumping that into your kid's brain, is it going to change them? Is it going to affect them in a negative way? Of course it will. Philippians four, whatever is true, noble, right pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about such things. Give your kids beautiful things. Surround them with beautiful things. Do not hand your children over to people like Lil Nas X into an industry like Hollywood. Just People just trying to make a buck. Your kids are more valuable than that. Mike Slater locals.com that's the website Mike Slater.locals.com. filling in for buck sexton's brother hey team buck mike slater san diego filling in it for buck sexton uh let's just wrap up this little nas stupid story so this is part of the game right so little nas x this rapper who has always been marketed towards kids uh he does something satanic okay in this latest video with like 250 million views like overnight number one song on itunes Whole thing. uh gives satan a laugh dance right okay so then uh if you say anything about it then you get criticized that's the game So the governor of South Dakota, Kristi Noem, running for president, surely. She says, Hey, this song is bad and this video is not good for kids. And he writes back, uh, you're a whole governor. and You on here tweeting about some shoes. Do your job. See the game. You do something satanic. Someone says something. (laughs) What do you care? Why are you being so judgmental? Why are you obsessed? That's the trick. So the packaging for the shoes. It says, better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. That's a line from Milton's Paradise Lost. Uh, it's an amazing poem about the fall of man, Adam and Eve in the garden, also the fall of Satan from heaven to hell. It's a beautiful poem written in the 1600s. Uh, of course, Satan was wrong <laughs> when he said that. People interpret that line as if he was Right. And Satan fell because of his pride, his ambition, thinking he was better than God. Rolling Stone, they did an interview with the head of the Church of Satan about Lil Nas X's video that's directed to your kids. Lil Nas X, he has something like, I don't know, like 6 million subscribers on YouTube. I'd, I'd be really curious what the average age of his subscribers are. I would not be surprised if the average age of his subscribers are like 12. I really, 14 maybe. Uh, Anyway, the head of the Church of Satan, he obviously did his homework. Whether he consulted with us directly or did his own research, he clearly put a lot of effort into this video. Uh, The Church of Satan claims not to worship Satan as a deity, but rather elevates the self and one's own will as supreme. Quote, basically, we worship ourselves. We refer to ourselves as i-theists. We see ourselves as our own God. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's what Satan did. Makes perfect sense. So I don't need to describe the video anymore. Satan a lap dance is all you really need. Well, at the end, he snaps Satan's neck and then puts on the crown of thorns and crowns himself as Satan. Ooh, so edgy. Or as it's described, uh, he's dismantling the throne of judgment and punishment that has kept many of us from embracing our true selves out of fear. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil. Oh, he's just Oh, I'm sorry. He's he's just pushing boundaries. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's pushing boundaries. He wants uh he wants to normalize uh homosexuality, he says. So there's this one line. So anytime anyone criticizes him for the video, so definitely kids alert here. Earmuffs on the kids for thirty seconds. Okay. What I'm gonna say here is like disgusting. Uh so one of the lines of the song is uh, shoot a child in your mouth while I'm riding. Okay, so anytime someone writes back to him, like Christy Gnome, he wrote this back to Christy Noem. Uh he, he writes back, shoot a child in your mouth while I'm riding. That's one of the long lines in the song. And that means to ejaculate in someone's mouth, right? Sperm, child, shoot a child in your mouth while I'm riding. Uh, that's to your kids, right? All those kids, I guarantee you. I don't know, like, do you disagree with this? I don't know what you all those kids who are jumping up and down to old country road or old town road and knew every single word will know every single word of this song. Now I'm not surprised. No one should be surprised. No one's shocked. Like, it's like, Oh yeah, I get it. We're like, it's a fallen world. We're broken people. And I almost give Lil Nas X some credit. Like, like, let's, it's just for money. Right? It's to make money It's to get attention to make money. Great. Um, but at least he's not as deceitful about it <laughs> as others, right? And honestly, the more obvious the world's brokenness becomes, I welcome it. The the, the more obvious the brokenness is, the better. I'm not asking for it to be more broken. It's plenty broken. I just, I I like it to be obvious to people because then it makes it easier to be good because you don't want to be that. Like like battle lines are drawn. Like whose side are you on (laughs) here? You're going to be on the guy who's doing that? or over here with me and Lamo super brood protect your kids protect your kids and do not let the world do not believe the world's lie that you you shouldn't be the parent you're the parent do not outsource that god-given responsibility to love and raise your children to people who hate you Mike Slater.locals.com. Mike Slater.locals.com. Filling in for Buck Sexton. Spread the word. What's going on, Team Buck? America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. And I can just see you turning to the dial and just turning the station right now. This ain't Buck. I share your disappointment. I would rather listen to Buck Sexton than me too. But Buck will be back on Wednesday. And uh, gosh, is there anything worse? You tune in you're like, I just want to hear Buck today. And then you get me brutal, but I think we got some good stuff for you today. First, let's start with this, uh, start this hour with the carjacking in DC. Have you seen the video? It's awful. Now let me be clear with carjacking. Carjacking is different than stealing a car. So carjacking is different than grand theft auto. Grand theft auto or auto theft happens all the time. Carjacking is very different. Someone is in the car. Someone is driving the car. As you steal it from them, that is a carjacking. Important to know in DC, there have been 95 of these in the last three months. 95 carjackings and 23 juveniles arrested for carjacking just this year. Honestly, if you ask me how many carjacking you tell me someone's driving a car, there's a stoplight or something and someone comes up with a gun or something and tells them to get out of the car and they steal the car in front of them. If you, t- if you asked me how many times has that happened in a year, I'd be like, oh, like once? Like who, like the brazenness of that? Like how about 95 times in DC in the last three months? That was once a day. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly what's happening in this video that's been shared around. I, I we aired it on our TV show. I'll put it on the website make a note here, carjacking, uh, I'll put it on mikeslater.locals.com and you can watch. I think it's important to watch, although it's a video of someone dying, someone being murdered. Uh, so there's a 66 year old immigrant from Pakistan, 66 year old immigrant from Pakistan. The video starts with him hanging out of the driver's side of the car. So his car doors open, driver's side car door open. He's hang- he's half in, half out and he's calling for help. He says, this is my car. This is my car. And there's two people uh, on the sidewalk. One is taping this phone, and the other's standing next to him. And they're all wondering what's going on. And and, and the guy filming is, oh, this this is this man's car. They're, they're taking his car. And the woman goes, they're stealing his car. Like what, Like what's like same thing I would be like a gas. Like what are you talking about? And then the car drives off. Now I don't know who pressed the pedal. I don't know if the person. I don't know if the driver, or the person who's trying to steal it. But I'm sorry, I left out the main part of the story here. The two people who are stealing his car is a 16 and 13 year old girl. A 16 and 13 year old girl are stealing this man's car. So the car drives off and it the, it hits like a it's like a post on the sidewalk on the other side of the street. So the car hits the side door, hits the post, slams shut, right? The guy's hanging out of it. And you don't hear anything for a while. And then a couple seconds later, you hear this horrific crash. It's like out of a movie. A huge, loud crash, like echoes through the cavern of the buildings. And the guy runs runs to the crash. And then you see the car on its side. And you see these two young girls climb out. And there's some National Guardsmen who are there to help them out. They're there because apparently the Capitol's still under threat from MAGA Trump supporters or something. That's the most ridiculous thing. But these two girls, they they come out of the car. And you see the owner of the car, the man, lying dead on the sidewalk. Now, a Guardsman, he tells everyone to step back from the car because there's gas leaking out of it. And at that moment, you hear one of the girls say, Wait. my phone is in there. Wait. My phone is in there. She is standing, and I'm not exaggerating, two feet from this man's dead body. Police say there was a taser involved. So she is at this moment standing two, two, maybe three feet from this man's dead body who she just tasered and killed and says, wait, my phone is in there. Now it was uh, two black girls who did this. So therefore it can't be their fault. It's gotta be blamed on white supremacy somehow. At first, CNN tried to explain it away. Uh, they sent out this tweet. Police said the girls, 13 and 15, assaulted an Uber Eats driver with a taser while carjacking him, which led to an accident in which he was fatally injured. Holy cow. <laughs> that, that is a torture description of what happened. First of all, fatally injured is a weird thing. M- murdered or killed. You say killed, right? Killed. An accident in which he was Killed. Fatally injured is weird, especially because he's dead on the ground. But also, how about that this, uh, it just uh, led, to an, uh, it led to an accident. It was just a little, it was an incident, a uh, misunderstanding, a little, just a little something that uh, led to an accident with an injury. No, no, murdered by a 13 and 15-year-old girl in broad daylight. Now, I am certain that these two girls have no fathers at home, certain of that. Think what environment must these two girls be living in that would lead them to do something like this. How callous and heartless and cold and broken are you inside? And I, I don't, let me be clear. I don't blame the girls as much as the people around them, the adults, around them. I don't know what the justice system is. And I don't know what it looks like in DC or any other state where adults are held accountable for the actions of juveniles. I don't know what that is. And I don't know what that would even look like. And obviously it's been thought about before. And, but what does that look like? Right. When you have a 13 year old girl, 15 year old girl who actively do this, what responsibility does the absent dad have? What responsibility does the mom have? I don't, I don't know at least legally, I don't know, morally, I know very much, I much I know all of it and others as well. But think, think about the environment of of so heartless to fellow human life to first try and steal someone's car, start with that with a taser, right? 66 year old man, right? So talk about respecting elders, right? Second, drive the car as he's hanging out of it, which kills him, right? Like they're that heartless. And then three, be worried about your cell phone. Like we talk about narcissism on the show all the time. You're the center of the universe. That doesn't even begin. This way past narcissism. And this is an entire broken culture, which, which leads to people doing such a depraved act. And it's not just this. It's not like this is the one depraved act of the day. It's all over the place now. You're not allowed to ask any questions about it, just to be clear, right? You can't ask about broken families. You can't say anything about, no, dad's in the picture. Goodness, no, it's racist. You can't ask about the lack of God and church as the center of our society's existence and our child's focus. You can't talk about broken school districts that are violent and dangerous that no one can read. We can't talk about rampant nihilism and drug use and sex and little Nasks selling Satan sneakers to kids. You can't talk about those things. That clearly led to this. You can't do that. You can because here are blaming the you're blaming the victim. You can only either brush it off as an accident. Or blame white society, uh, white, 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 uh, white supremacy. And I, I look forward to the think pieces. Oh, these, uh, these young uh, w- girls were forced into crime by a society that refuses to, to recognize the contributions of brown women. And these ladies, they sought justice in a capitalist system that they're victims of. And they sought it against a white man or some such nonsense like that. And they're going to get away with that. And nothing's going to change because you're never allowed to address any of the root issues And this is why i share the henry david thoreau quote pretty much every single day there are thousands hacking at the branches of evil to everyone who strikes the root now that's the root culture family culture that's the root bottom line now if you want to hack at a pretty important branch then you have to talk about our criminal justice system now they're going to say oh these girls are victims of the criminal justice system nonsense let's talk about policy San Francisco, rampant crime and homelessness, the whole thing. You would think the people of San Francisco would come back and elect a DA that is hard on crime. But no, they elected Cheza Boudin. Cheza Boudin's parents are in prison. They were members of the Weather Underground. And they robbed an armored car, which led to the death of three police officers. So they were thrown in jail. Cheza was a young boy. He was raised by Bill Ayers from the weather underground, he went to go work for Hugo Chavez in Venezuela, and he just got elected to be the DA of San Francisco. He's the one who decides which crimes get enforced and which ones don't. And he was elected on the platform of, I will not enforce these, this giant list of crimes that are destroying San Francisco. And the same is true for nearly every city in America. George Soros decided, I'm not going to put money into electing congressmen. That's a waste of money. It costs a ton of money. You only get two years out of it. And what can a single congressman do? So instead, George Soros, maybe 10 years ago, decided to put money in DA's races. Super cheap. you get a ton of bang for your buck. No one pays attention to them. And DA's have a ton of discretion on what to do with the criminal justice system. And these cities are doubling down on the policies that lead to more of this. So if you don't strike the root of the broken culture, right? If we're not allowed to question the things that lead to this morally, and because on top of that, we double down on terrible policy and elect DAs that let crime run rampant, like carjackings, again, 95 so far this year in DC alone. Of course you can't be surprised that something horrific like this happens. Question is Is anyone gonna try to do anything to stop it? I got a great Abraham Lincoln story on this. Not carjacking specifically, but on this. That's a bigger point. Next, Mike Slater.locals.com. We'll put that video up there so you can see it for yourself. Mike Slater.locals.com. Spread the word. What's going on, team Buck? Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Uh I'll see if I can do this in five minutes. One of my favorite speeches of all time is Abraham Lincoln's speech. Uh, well, before he was president, it's called the Lyceum Address. I'll put it on our website, mikeslater.locals.com. And he uh, talked about what the end of America will look like. He says, Shall we expect some transatlantic military giant to step the ocean and crush us at a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe, Asia, and Africa combined, with all the treasure of the earth in its military chest, with a Bonaparte for a commander could not by force take a drink from the ohio river or make a tract on the blue ridge in a trail of a thousand years so at what point then is the approach of danger to be expected well i answer if it ever reach us it must spring up amongst us our destruction cannot come from abroad now if destruction be our lot we must ourselves be its author and finisher as a nation of free men we must live through our time or excuse me live through all time or die by suicide the background to this speech just two weeks prior there's a man of mixed race 26 years old his name is francis mcintosh he was working on a steamboat in st louis and he got off the boat, and there were two police officers who were chasing after someone else. And they asked Macintosh for help to, to help us chase this guy. And he said he's he's not going to help. I don't know why he didn't. he said no. He may have been busy. I don't know what. And the police arrested him for interfering with the arrest. And as they were taking him to jail, he asked how long he was going to be sentenced because he's like this is ridiculous. What what was <laughs> going on here? And the two officers said five years. So he freaked out, he escaped and he stabbed them both. He killed one of the officers right there on the spot, injured the other. So he ran away. They finally the, they got him pretty quickly after. And that night, a mob broke into the jail and took him out, tied him to a tree, put a bunch of wood around him and burned him on the tree. That was the context of Abraham Lincoln's speech. And that's the whole, like, right. So that's, 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 that was the beginning of it. And then he went into the, how what's going to be the end of us? Not another nation coming in to invade. It's us how specific lawlessness, mobs, savage mobs. Now, back then the mob was burning people. We do a much cleaner and kinder version of that online, destroying people's lives for kicks. But it's the same mob mentality he said when men take it in their heads today to hang gamblers or burn murderers they should recollect that in the confusion usually attending such transactions they will be as likely to hang or burn someone who is neither a gambler nor a murderer as one who is and that acting upon the example they set a mob of tomorrow probably will hang or burn some of them by the very same mistake he says you 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 abide by this mob mentality you're gonna kill innocent people but then they're gonna come after you the mob's gonna turn on you eventually while on the other hand good men men who love tranquility who desire to abide by the laws and enjoy their benefits who will gladly spill their blood in the defense of their country seeing their property destroyed their families insulted, their lives endangered, an Uber Eats driver just working on a, on a weekend afternoon in broad daylight, murdered by a 13 and 15-year-old girl, tasered and murdered, their persons injured back to Abraham Lincoln, and seeing nothing in prospect that forebodes a change for the better, become tired of and disgusted with a government that offers them no protection and are not much adverse to a change in which they imagine they have nothing to lose. So his point was that this mob mentality infects good men because they throw up their hands. Like what's the point otherwise? And a country like this can't last mobs beget mobs, violence begets violence. I got to go here there's many other amazing points to the speech i'll put it on the website mikeslater.locals.com it's worth taking a couple minutes to read the whole thing but abraham lincoln saw it back then he saw the, the the violence and the chaos bubbling and brewing he saw the mob violence he saw the immoral behavior he saw the passion and the anger he tried to stop it but human nature was too much can we stop the path we're on today I don't know to go back to the last segment when we're not allowed to address the root causes of these issues, the culture and the family issues. And then even on the policy, like maybe we could we could hold back the, the corruption and the depravity. We could hold it back with laws. But we're not even doing that, not even allowed to do that. And we're doubling down on these lawless D.A.s in these cities, our cities. <laughs> like, how long can that last? Even when people try to do good, let me come back with this story next. You're not going to believe this story. Even when people try to do good, they're shut down. You're not going to believe. It. I got two stories out of San Francisco to prove this one. These are people trying to do good, and they're shut down because of it. We'll do this next. Mike Slater.locals.com. That's our website. Please join us there. Mike Slater.locals.com. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Spread the word. What's going on, Team Buck? Mike Slater in San Diego filling in for uh, Buck. He's going to be back on uh, Wednesday the same way. But uh, I'm really glad to be here in the meantime. I look forward to Buck's return as well. Mike Slater.locals.com is our website. You can join us over there and hang out with us uh, you know, all the time. Buck and I both have TV shows on the first. So we've been friends for a long time. Buck, we're always working together. <laughs> we're always on the same. We were on the Blaze Radio back in the day, and now we're on the first together, and an honor to fill in for Buck today. Uh, I'm grateful you're here. So coming up in this segment, I want to share this just, just bonkers story of when good people try to do good things out of the goodness of their heart. Even they're vilified because of it. So it's one thing to not stop people doing bad things, which is what we talked about in the last two segments, but it's another thing to stop people from doing good things. And then what do we do? We'll do that next. First express VPN. Do you have this yet? This is a good thing. When you do anything online, watch a video, click a link, it's all tracked by big tech. That's how they make their money. Right. All that stuff's free because they track you and they sell your data. Like, that's the business model. I'll never forget when Buck, or not Buck, when uh, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, he, did a, he testified. And he was like, oh, no, we don't track anyone. It's like, what are you talking about? That is your business model. That's the only way you make money. That's why you're a giant company. You track people's data and sell it. That's the point. That's was so bizarre. So don't give him any more money. Don't, don't let him sell you anymore with Express VPN. Now, now these companies, they don't see your IP address and it's all encrypted you maximum protection. And it works for your phone too. And just tap one button, boom, you're protected. Pretty good. ExpressVPN.com buck. And you get three months free and they're not selling you anymore. ExpressVPN.com buck to learn more. What's going on team buck? Mike Slater. In San Diego, filling in for Buck Sexton, mikeslater.locals.com. That's our website. A lot of people joined us uh, the last couple of days uh, on the website, which is great. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for Buck letting me be here. He's going to be back on uh, Wednesday. I can't wait for that. Uh, so we've been talking about, we started with the, the carjacking in D.C. Then we got into Abraham Lincoln's address from, I think, 1838. Uh, and he's talking about how it's not going to take a foreign nation. A foreign nation's not going to take us down. doesn't matter. Strongest military in the world, all the treasure, all the money in the world. And Napoleon Bonaparte is your commander. No one is going to come across America, come across the oceans to kill us. It's going to come from within. The downfall is going to come from within. And we made the point that it's, it's bad enough that you can't criticize bad behavior, right? It's bad enough you can't call that out. But now I got a story for you where good behavior is being called out which goes back to Isaiah that we quoted earlier with little Nas Nas X's new Satan dot shoes, his new Satan sneakers. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And that's the theme of the show today, huh? All right, check this out. On, I'm trying to think where to start here. Mm, Yeah, let me just jump into it. So Chris Saka, Chris Saka, he is a venture capitalist. He was on shark tank, uh, as he was a guest shark for a couple of years, right? Big time Democrat worked for Obama, fundraised for Hillary, donated to the Lincoln project to try to take down Trump. All right. Big, big time Democrat guy, right? Venture capitalist got a ton of money. I'm just going to read his story here. He wrote this just the other day, he said, 15 years ago, I co-led a team Trying to give 100% free internet access to all of San Francisco, starting with the poorest neighborhoods first. Now, 15 years ago, internet was still you know on the newer side or whatever, right? 15 years ago. So this, what an amazing gift this would have been 15 years ago. Everyone gets free internet, and we're going to start with the poorest neighborhoods first. Isn't that wonderful? Now, if you were in charge of, uh, this is in San Francisco. If you're in charge of San Francisco which you would never be, Because why would you ever go there? But you're in charge of whatever city you're in, whatever town. And someone came in and said, hundred percent free internet. I like, that's great. Wonderful. Maybe you got some questions. You'd be like, well, what are you, what are you selling here? And they said, oh, the network's going to be anonymous, no ads, no cookies. We're not tracking nothing. This is from the bottom of our heart, $25 million gift. He says the result, we were chased out of town one San Francisco supervisor, that's what they call their city council members, one San Francisco supervisor told us she would vote against it unless we promised to fund quarterly field trips like to the zoo for the kids in her district. So she wanted more money. Another promised to vote against it because we wouldn't give free laptops to all of San Francisco. One supervisor rejected it because poor people needed training to use the net. Countless low and no income residents spoke at hearings about how they had computers and knew how to use the web, but couldn't afford Comcast. The supervisors mansplained back to those very very people that they were wrong. Ultimately, one supervisor told us straight up, he didn't care what this meant for the people of his district. He was blocking it because it would give the mayor a win in a political year. He was the deciding vote, and I'll never forget what he said, Stop lecturing me about the digital divide because I don't give a blank. Now get the blank out of my office. Our team walked out stunned, sat in the lobby of City Hall and realized it was over. My partners and I had done Q&A sessions in every supervisor's district and in community and senior centers all over town. Support for the network was off the charts, particularly among those who needed it most but it was clear that the supervisors did not care about poor San Franciscans. By the way, none of the supervisors are Republican, if I needed to say that. They wouldn't listen to their own constituents. They perpetuated racist tropes and demeaning stereotypes about the poorest residents. And for what? It was all a big game to the politicians. The winners were the supervisors egos and the losers were the people they supposedly served. Again, that is a big time Democrat guy, Chris Saka, who told that story in the biggest Democrat city where only Democrats have any are elected to anything ever. So the question is, do these Democrat supervisors, did these Democratic supervisors, city council members in San Francisco, do they care about the people in their district? If you hear that story, which you just did, do you hear that story? Do you, uh, what's your conclusion? Do you think the people, there? the guy literally said. Stop lecturing me about the digital divide because I don't give a blank. Get the blank out of my office. Does that person care about the people in his district? Worth noting, Gavin Newsom was the mayor at the time. Now you're saying, oh, well, maybe that was a Republican supervisor who didn't want the mayor to get a victory. No, no, no. No Republicans run for mayor. In Gavin Newsom's election, second place was the Green Party candidate. No Republican even ran. No Republicans run ever for mayor of san francisco so this was like a like someone on the so far left that they didn't want gavin newsom they they think gavin newsom's a conservative all right i got another one for you but again my point of this segment is do these people care about these politicians do they really care about the people in their districts got another one for you husband and wife they want to start a 25 million dollar program for free right it's provided people for free summer school summer school and daycare for free over the summer for young kids in San Francisco. It's run by this group called Together SF. And the county said no. They said no. Why? One of the supervisors, Hilary Ronan thinks that this is a political group and that this group has ulterior motives to push for school privatization and charter schools. And we can't have that she says quote it looks and smells like they're seeking to promote a political event agenda this is from Vox Uh, she's concerned for instance that the group could seek to use the volunteers it recruits for future political campaigns in order to support anti-union candidates now she has no evidence of this no evidence no proof at all no reason to think this is the case It's not like the two people who are running this are crazy right wingers like the people the people with the 25 million dollars who put this money up donated this money no reason to think that there's anything going on here but she this one supervisor convinced the council to vote 10 to 1 against the gift would you conclude that these democrats have children's best interests at heart Do the teachers' unions, who are preventing so many kids from going back to school, do they have children's best interests at heart? Do people supporting open borders that result in so many kids getting sucked into sex slavery, so many kids dying across the border? We shared the story earlier today in the, uh, of uh, the nine-year-old girl dying as she was trying to make it across the Rio Grande. Do those, the, op- the, people, the Democrats who are for open borders, do they have children's best interests at heart? Some do some do many don't and we need to respond differently to those who don't than the ones who genuinely do and may just be wrong or right right right, right. there's people we need to align with and work with and there's people who are who are bad (laughs) does that make sense we need to be able to discriminate between those who genuinely do have people's best interests at heart and we may disagree with or whatever, right? And those people who are selfish, greedy, power hungry and bad, bad people. And if we don't discriminate between those two groups, we're never going to make any real progress because the selfish bad people are always going to hide behind, Oh, I'm, I'm here for the children. And we need to have the courage to say, no, you're not. Oh, you don't think Democrats are for the children? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're not. Now get out of the way so we can work with the people who do. We need to have the nuance and the ability to, um, to differentiate and discriminate. Truly the words discriminate. Discriminate between people who genuinely have best interests at heart and those who are just want money and and power and give no time to those people and work with those who do i'll give you some more examples of the uh, the former the the just the bad people it's like we like you can't say that you can't all oh, they're not all bad like i'm not saying they're all bad and i'm not saying the entirety of a person's existence is bad but they do not have people's best interests at heart they have their best interests at heart and we need to discriminate against them. I'll give you some example of the them coming up next. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Spread the word. What's going on, Team Buck? Mike Slater in San Diego filling in for Buck Sexton. I'll put that article on uh, mikeslater.locals.com. So Uh So take a note here to do that. Mike com. You can check out that ridiculous story we just shared. Um, again, my point of this segment is we need to have discernment between uh, people who do have best people's best interest at heart and it's like oh great we may disagree on how to get there but yeah let's let's chat and those who genuinely don't and if you don't i have no time for you i have no patience for you and you should be completely kicked out of the public sphere entirely no no time we have way way too much to do and get done and there's so many people still but we need to have the discernment to figure out who these people are who put activism over truth let me share a couple examples from today uh, there's a new book called Panics and Persecutions, 20 Tales of Excommunication in the Digital Age. These are stories that prove that the slightest deviation from leftist orthodoxy will get you destroyed. The slight, you, you need absolute purity. Now, the people who demand absolute purity, they do not have people's best interests at heart. They're not honest actors. For instance, there's an anthropologist who spent years studying a tribe in the Amazon. And he wrote a book called Yanomamo, The Fierce People. He's a genuine person, genuine, gen, uh, a genuine scholar, intellectual, learning, studying, writing, getting closer to the truth, curious, all these good things, right? He was shunned and excommunicated from the profession, from the entire anthropologist community, because he dare, he dare describe the indigenous people as fierce. That was the name of the book, The Fierce People. This one tribe, he called them the Fierce People. Whoa, whoa, can't do that. You can't describe indigenous people as anything but always peaceful, always peaceful, always harmonious, always loving and caring and kind and one with nature and man. You can't ever say anything bad about the indigenous peoples. Never talk about the Aztecs killing 20,000 human sacrifice, 20,000 human sacrifices a year. (laughs) One day they dedicated one temple and they killed 80,000 people in a day. You can never talk about the wall of human skulls that the Aztecs made, temples made out of human skulls. You cannot describe the shock and awe that the Spanish conquistadors were met with when they came across the Aztecs. And you can't talk about how it's no wonder that in the final battle, the final conquest of the Aztecs, there were about 500 Spaniards, but 20,000 members of neighboring tribes who hated the Aztecs way more than the Spaniards ever could because it was their sons and daughters whose skulls made up these giant temples and who were terrorized for years and centuries. You can't talk about that because the oh, the indigenous peoples were peaceful and wonderful and kind and loved animals and nature. You can never call them even fierce. The Apaches and the Comanche tribes, they were brutal. They were absolutely brutal. Can't write about it, can't talk about it, even in a scholarly way. All all the natives are great. It's the white man who's uniquely evil. And I'm not kidding about that. If you ask most young people today, ask any high school today about slavery, and they will tell you that slavery was a uniquely white person's sin, and even worse, a uniquely American experience. That is what they are fed. And we don't have time to debunk that, but you know the truth. So he called the indigenous tribe fierce. So he's got to go. Another computer science professor wrote a paper called Why Women Don't Code. And it wasn't about why women aren't capable of writing computer code. It doesn't say women can't code or shouldn't be allowed to code. That was not the point. It sought in a scholarly way to try to explain why many women choose not to code. Why many women have different interests and, and uh, talents, and coding's not one of them. Remember years ago, we kept hearing that more we need more women in STEM, more women in STEM, and no one bothered to ask why. <laughs> no, no, one, no, one has, no one ever said, uh, why do we need more women in STEM? But really, no one even bothered to ask, well, why are there more men than women in STEM? They just assumed that it was sexism. So this professor was run out of town. The, the graduate union, they called, him, uh, they called it gender harassment. All he did was question. He's like, oh, I wonder what, why men and women are different. Well, there's your problem. Men and women aren't, there's no such thing as gender, so men and women aren't different. There's no such thing as man and woman. right? Which goes back to the pyramid that we talked about on Friday's show, but uh, he just wanted to explain why there's a difference, but he couldn't. He was called a transphobe who supports race science. So the people who do that, with my point, the people who do this stuff, they're not honest actors they need to be entirely dismissed. So we got a professor who called natives fierce. We have another professor who sought to explain why women generally choose not to go into STEM fields or less often than men do, even when every effort is made to encourage women to join STEM. And I'll give you one last, Oxford, Oxford University, right, best school in the world maybe, right? The music school was criticized for being too colonial complicit in white supremacy. So Oxford University is considering now no longer using sheet music. Right, so they said that the music that's, that's played is too focused on white European music from the slave period, like Beethoven and Mozart. And this causes students of color great distress. So we're going to let the adults start running the show here. Or are we going to continue to let the psychopaths run, run everything around Let's knock it off already. Let's have the discernment to tell who the dishonest actors are dismiss them and who are the honest actors beautiful let's work together for truth coming up next speaking of truth i want to talk about mask mandates and i want to talk about the, the where this virus came from Talk about things you're not allowed to talk about talk about the, the wuhan lab this theory is becoming more mainstream good do it next. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Mike Slater.locals.com. Spread the word. Team Buck, America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks so much for being here. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton, who do not worry. We'll be back on Wednesday. Thank you to Buck for letting me fill in again. And I acknowledge your profound disappointment at this very mo- at this very moment. I don't know if I've ever listened to a fill-in host. Let's be honest. I'm thinking i like, oh, Buck's not here. Lame. Just turn it off. But hopefully you don't turn it off right now. I want to talk about uh, COVID and masks. Can we knock it off? With the masks already. So I'm in California. So I'm a bit biased here, because we're still acting like it's last March in California. But just like, so I don't know where you where you are in your state. You could live in uh, like a state that's in America. And it is open and everything's back up and running, but I don't. Okay, so excuse me while I'm a little bit bitter here for a minute. People are still walking around with masks on outside. People in the park. The other day I saw a dad with two middle school kids, middle school age kids, playing basketball together alone with masks. What in the world? Now, I'm not going to share my Rosa Parks story where I showed up to the park and there was this family there who passively aggressively said okay kids it's time to go some people aren't wearing their masks not gonna tell that story Uh, no need point is we've reached herd immunity we're good it's over now it's a big country right so you know herd immunity in different areas perhaps not all the. and we're not entirely there give another couple days but the point is we're there we're all for all intents and purposes we're there there's no more fourth wave if you consider the number of people who've had the vaccine and the number of people who have gotten COVID and therefore created their own antibodies, we are well above 50%. Herd immunity is somewhere around 50, maybe as high as 70%, but probably 55% or so and that's it we're there we got it congratulations and this is my point this shouldn't be a political thing this shouldn't be like no one's spiking the football no one's i told you so but also no one needs to dig in their heels no like let's just put the last year of discord behind us of making this whole thing political like oh well trump was uh against mass therefore i'm for them forever like no knock it off with that let's assess the current situation and let's all be super happy now we don't have to do this anymore. Let's celebrate, hug, have a party. And stop, if nothing else, stop having kids wear masks. The psychological harm of forcing kids to wear masks far outweighs any risk of COVID being spread. They barely spread it at all but the harm, the psychological harm, teaching kids that every other human is a disease vector, waiting to infect you with a deadly disease and pathogen, that is psychologically damaging to your kids and it's wildly unnecessary. We are gonna be seeing the consequences of this with our kids for a long time. This idea of going back to normal, which like, again, can we hurry up please? If you're 40, then going back to normal is pretty easy because you've had 39 other years of normal. You know what normal is like, but when you're seven, one year of your life is an eternity. You may not even remember what normal was. This is now your new normal. Raising kids to be fearful of other people at the park. I was maybe four feet away from this like two year old girl. And the mom ran over and grabbed her and ran away from her. This was th- two weeks ago. Teaching this little girl to be fearful of other people, always keep a distance, don't touch anything, be scared of breathing in air. That's not healthy. My oldest son is four. I got a four year old son, three year old daughter, one year old son, Jack Grace John. Uh, so Jack is uh, four and his friend's five in school. And uh, he came over the other day wearing a mask. He's over here like almost every night. <laughs> we hang out all the time. And this one night he came over with a mask on. I said, Landon, take the mask off. What do you, you doing with your mask on? And he says, I don't want to spread COVID. I said, Landon, do you have COVID? He said, no. But this is just impressed on him all day at school. I can just imagine it yelling at kids to put your mask on, don't spread COVID, don't touch that, stand on your dot, keep a distance. It's like, wow. So, hey, kids, sit behind your plexiglass barrier, you're in your plexiglass box at school, literally look at life through a dirty plastic screen. Their teacher's decked out. Covered up like they're inspecting Chernobyl after lunch break. Parents dropping kids off school in California like it's that final scene in ET where they're all in the that giant hazmat suits, quarantining the house with the big giant plastic tubes. Remember that scene I'm talking about? Just knock it off already. But again, I don't know what it's like where you are. I got some family in Tennessee, and uh, I was talking to him. I was like, I was like, did you guys? What you went in the restaurant? They said Yeah. No no hold on. You went inside a building? Yeah. Well for how long? Oh, I don't know, like like an hour? <gasps> you you went inside a building for an is everyone okay? Like that's a, that's, that's, I've been trained. I've been in San Diego this whole time. That's, that's what we're trained to think like here. Adam Crowley had a great tweet the other day. He's in California too, obviously. He said, uh, he said, listen, we better lock down again in California because Texas, it's been two weeks now since they ended their mask mandate and it's been a bloodbath ever since. <laughs> or cases keep going down. One day, we are going to learn that masks did nothing one day we will learn that it will not be anytime soon but one day we will look back on this and we will everyone will realize that masks were useless chris hayes on msnbc he uh, when texas stopped their mask mandate a couple weeks ago uh, remember biden called it neanderthal thinking chris hayes he said yeah deaths are going down but why would you want them to go back up As if masks were the only variable at play here. There's no evidence for this whatsoever. Chris Hazy did a whole segment. Insanity. Texans react to Governor Abbott lifting mask mandate and reopening state. Two plus weeks later, no surge. Nothing. Everything's falling. Continuing to fall. It's over. It's so frustrating here in California for a a million reasons, which is why we're recalling the governor, which is awesome. It's going to be a blast. That re-election is going to, well, it'll be official in a month. Uh, and then the recall is going to be in like August, probably. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. So Florida has been open, right? You're listening in Florida. You know, Florida has been open world's been open for months. Disneyland is still closed. It's going to open up April 31st at 15% capacity. That's insane. We have case studies. We have 50 states that each did it a little bit differently. We know the results. Even, but even not even amongst the 50 states, I live in San Diego. Schools have been closed. The public schools have been closed. Private schools have been open for months, but no outbreak in the private schools. So why do we still have public schools closed? It doesn't make any sense. We don't have time to do this now, but I I kind of wanted to mention this briefly before we go into the lab theory, the lab leak theory, which is important to talk about Um, last few months. Well, for years really, but last few months in particular, we've been sharing a lot of stories on my local show about where the consensus, and they call it consensus science, where consensus science is wrong. Consensus science has a dismal track record. Michael Crichton gave an amazing speech. Yes, that Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton is a, was a brilliant man. He was the only person to ever have the number one TV show, movie, and book at the same time. And he did it twice. The first time it was ER, Jurassic Park, and I don't know, I don't know what the book was, but right, like, like twice, he did it twice. Number one book, movie, TV show. Anyway, he gave a speech at Caltech. He went to med school at, I think Harvard, I forget. Maybe Stanford, I forget. Uh, but he gave a, a speech at Caltech, it was 2003. It was called Aliens Cause Global Warming. I'm going to put it on the website, on mikeslater.locals.com. Please check it out there. We put everything there, mikeslater.locals.com. It is a brilliant speech. It's very short. And among other things, he talks about consensus science being wrong. I'll just give you one example here. For centuries, the greatest killer of women was a fever that they got after childbirth. It was after childbirth. 1795, Alexander Gordon... He said, oh, this fever's caused by an infection. And the consensus said no. 50 years later, 1843, Oliver Wendell Holmes says, oh, this is a contagious infection that's making women sick and dying. And the consensus said no. 10 years later, Dr. Schemmelweis, he noticed that doctors go from the morgue touching dead bodies. And then they walk down the hall and they deliver babies. And then the woman gets a fever and dies. And Semmelweis was the first person who said, maybe, just maybe guys, we should wash our hands. And the consensus said, you're a Jew. Kicked him out of the profession entirely. Literally drove him insane. He went in an insane asylum where he died shortly after he said we should wash our hands shovel was the first doctor who said we should wash our hands this was 1849 and of course he was right but the point here is it took hundred and fifty years for the consensus to catch up with common sense thank goodness for the skeptics now there's a ton of examples of this and masks eventually are going to be one of those this is from a New England Journal of Medicine article uh, back in April and they were debating whether or not we should force people in hospitals to wear masks. And they said, we know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little if any protection from infection. <laughs> they're like, well, should we, offer, should we have people in hospitals wear masks? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really do much. But it kind of says that we're taking it seriously. It reminds people that there's a pandemic. So yeah, okay, sure. I guess we should require it in hospitals. <laughs> but there's a New England Journal of Medicine, but outside, outside healthcare facilities? nah, No need, no need for a mask. So one day it'll come back around to that. I'll give you another example of consensus science regarding the uh, COVID. Where did it come from? The head of the former head of the CDC uh, thinks it, uh, it came from the lab. This is a super interesting story, and you would be, you are, you will be shocked of how many viruses escape from laboratories all the time. I'll tell you the truth of that coming up next. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Spread the word. Hey, Team Buck. Mike Slater filling in for Buck Sexton. Uh, I want to talk about COVID and, and where it started, where it came from. Uh, you're not allowed to think that it came from a, uh, the Wuhan laboratory. You're not allowed to think that. Uh, the former head of the CDC, however, thinks it did. Uh, this is the original New York Times headline. It says, Ex-CDC director favors debunked COVID-19 origin theory. They changed the headline because it didn't criticize him enough. The CDC's ex director offers no evidence in favoring speculation that the coronavirus originated in a lab. All right, here's the deal. Um, it sounds impl- imp- implausible, perhaps, that it leaked out of a lab until you realize how often this happens, and until you realize how many people for decades have been worried about viruses leaking out of laboratories to the point where the US government from 2015 to 2017 stopped all they're called gain of function experiments. So a gain of function experiment is where you take a naturally occurring virus and you amplify it. You make it more virulent and you, you make it worse, right? And the US government stopped these in 2015. And the reason they do that is you make it more virulent on purpose and then you, the idea is you come up with ways to beat it before these things come about naturally. Very risky deal. And the U.S. government said, we got to put a stop to these. And they stopped them for two years while they could tighten it all up. Coming up in the next segment, I'll I'll highlight some more examples of viruses leaking out of labs. Uh, That can be infectious animals biting people. Uh, My favorite was a lab tech in China who sold the animals that they were doing testing on to a guy in the back alley who then sold it to a wet market. It happens often. Plum Island is this little tiny island off of uh, New York City, off of Long Island. Um, tiny and it's home of the Plum Island Animal Disease Center of New York and it studies animal diseases it's a biosafety lab three which is the highest rating there they shut it down and they're building a new one in Kansas and there's been all these government studies saying that this is a terrible idea to put a lab which studies things like you know foot and mouth disease to put it so close to actual animals Government studies saying this is not safe, but they're doing it anyway. It's $1.25 billion or years behind schedule, obviously. But why would it be not safe? Oh, if viruses never leave a laboratory, then who cares? Just put it put it next to a farm. What's the big deal? Well, the truth is viruses escape from laboratories frequently. Um, let me share this story. I got three minutes. I'll do it, I'll do it in three minutes. It's all about human nature every story is about human nature humans are evil can be and they are humans can be sloppy and careless and humans can do things for personal gain humans can be evil sloppy careless and greedy shocker right here's my story to prove this point anthrax when you think anthrax what do you think Good. First, let's do a little word association. Anthrax. Boom. First thing you think? What? First, uh, anthrax. I think uh, white powder. Okay. Good. Uh, uh, mail. I think letters. 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 Uh, okay. Anthrax. Anthrax. Um, nine uh, eleven. I think nine eleven. I think we per- think pretty much the same things, right? It was like a week after nine uh, eleven. These letters were sent out with anthrax. You know, five people died from that. 17 people were infected, five people died. Now, oh, maybe you thought uh, terrorist. Right? You thought Al-Qaeda. Anthrax, Al-Qaeda. Well, one letter said, death to America, death to Israel. Allah is great. Do you know who sent the anthrax? Do you know who sent it? I can't fit it in time. Okay, let's come back. I'll tell you who sent the anthrax. It's the only person who's in jail for a bioterror attack in the United States. I'll tell you who it is, and then we can learn a little lesson on human nature. Humans can be evil, sloppy, careless, and selfish. So if that's true, and of course it is, Why would that not also possibly be true for COVID and where it came from? I'll do that next, and then I'll share a bunch of stories of uh, viruses leaving laboratories. And uh, it's not so crazy after all, this idea. And then I'll tell you where I think COVID actually came from. We'll do that all next. Mike Slater. Filling it for Buck Sexton. Spread the word. Hey, team, Buck, Mike Slater in San Diego. filling it for Buck Sexton. I want to talk about uh, well, it's human nature, really. That's what every segment is really about. Every story is a story of human nature. Uh, but I want to talk about COVID and where it came from and why this matters. Uh, again, the head of the the former head of the CDC uh, thinks it it did not occur naturally uh, and is favoring the Wuhan lab leak. So, two things I want to do in this segment: three, really, where I think that it came from, uh, how frequently viruses do leave escape laboratories happens often and I'll tell you exactly how often coming up you'll be shocked Uh, and right now I want to finish this story about anthrax so again when you think anthrax I think mail white powder al-qaeda 9-11 killed five people the anthrax attacks right after 9-11 so who did it well first how do they figure it out how do they figure out who did it so there was an anthrax specialist He worked at an army military base in Maryland. His name was Bruce Ivins and he was the FBI's go-to guy on testing the anthrax from, uh, anthrax, the the anthrax letters, right? These anthrax letters that were sent out and they're like, okay, we got to find out where it's from. Like, what do we know about this anthrax and maybe we can determine something about where it came from, right? This guy, Bruce Ivins, he also developed, he was the expert of anthrax, right? He developed a vaccine for anthrax to protect American troops. He was the foremost expert. Well, as he was inspecting this anthrax that was sent to politicians and newsrooms, he discovered that this anthrax had some mineral in it, which they traced back to Iraq. So that's that narrowed our search a bit, right? Let's, it's, it's clearly an Al-Qaeda got a terrorist attack. Let's focus on it. There was another researcher, that the FBI later used Northern Arizona university. And he analyzed the the anthrax and he found that this strain of anthrax was used in anthrax research in America. I'll cut to the chase who sent the anthrax out and killed five people. Bruce Ivins, the only anthrax bioterrorist in American history, was the anthrax expert. He sent the letters out himself. He sent the letters out himself. He deceived the FBI by saying, you know, death, uh, you know, Allah, Allah's great. And uh, by saying that it came from Iraq, he set it up. 21 years of working with anthrax at the army medical research institute of infectious disease worked alongside the fbi to try to solve this crime throwing them off the scent it was him all along why three possible reasons he ended up committing suicide in 2007 when it was clear that the fbi was going to arrest him first three reasons again human nature everything's human nature first narcissistic hero complex this is from the new york times they did a piece on him in 2009. In the emotional days after September 11th, friends were not surprised when Dr. Ivan signed up as a Red Cross volunteer. On September 22nd, 2001, a date, it would turn out, between the two anthrax mailings. So think about that. He sent out anthrax, then went to go volunteer to work at the Red Cross, and then sent out more anthrax. Okay. In between sending out anthrax, he attended a Red, Claw, Red Cross class, Introduction to Disaster Services. He liked the atmosphere. He told friends and three months later, as the crushing workload created by the anthrax letters began to ease, he applied for more training, uh, noting that he worked at the army Institute. He wrote in his application, perhaps I could help in case of a disaster related to biological agents. Perhaps I could help in case of a disaster related to biological agents. Reminder, he was the one who sent the anthrax letters, no one else. And here he is. Rising to the occasion. I, I will solve this problem that I caused. Hero complex. Narcissistic hero complex. That's one aspect of human nature. Two, he had the patent to the vaccine. So if everyone's scared to get anthrax, why well, we've got to make a ton of vaccines. He would have made a lot of money. You're surprised that people are motivated by greed. Maybe a bit of pride there, too. He spent years making this vaccine and it just wasn't taken off. There wasn't a need for it. He tried to make one. And then third reason, uh, he wasn't uh, probably very mentally well. Crazy people can do crazy things. Again, I share this story of human nature. Uh, What motivates people to do things? Sex, pride, money, fame, narcissism, savior complex, a lot of forces at play. become a student of these things and things make sense. And also people can be evil. People can do evil for evil's sake. And also most, th- most commonly people can be sloppy, sloppy, lazy, and careless. And then on top of all that, no one likes to ever admit they're wrong. So all this consensus science, again, go to our website, mikeslater.locals.com. I'll put up that Michael Crichton speech, uh, aliens cause global warming. And he goes through all these examples of consensus science and, and why these consensus scientists were wrong and and why it took so long for them to admit they were wrong. Why? Wh- when, when do things normally change when the, people die? Like, like, so you have the consensus group. I like, think for example, um, the, uh, any like elementary school kid can see that the continents fit pretty closely together. They fit up real snug and nice. And the first person to think that was 1921, the first person to officially come out and say, hey, I think these continents probably all were like together. And the consensus said no. And it took over 50 years before people realized that the tectonic plates move and the continents moved and drifted apart, right? So there's 50 years of the consensus saying, no, 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 why, why, why did it eventually turn? All those people died, right? They were the experts in their field in their 50s and 60s. And 50 years later, they were dead and the new group came up and they weren't held down by that ego anymore. So eventually the truth comes because so many people build their livelihoods around a consensus. So if you admit you're wrong, well, that's a huge blow to your ego, but also your livelihood. Once the people who hold that consensus die out, then people are more free to follow the truth as opposed to their own pride. So that's the anthrax story which leads to how often viruses leak from uh, laboratories uh let me quote here by 1960 hundreds of american scientists and technicians had been hospitalized victims of the diseases they were trying to weaponize one guy investigated q fever three times and all three times scientists and staffers got sick in the anthrax pilot plant in Camp Derrick, Maryland, 1951, a microbiologist attempting to perfect the foaming process developed a fever and died. 1964, a vet worker, Albert Nickel, fell ill after being bitten by a lab animal. His wife wasn't told that he had this virus. Quote, I watched him die through a little window to his quarantine room at the infirmary. 1977, a worldwide epidemic of influenza A began in Russia and China. It was eventually traced to a sample of an an American strain of flu preserved in a laboratory freezer since 1970, excuse me, since 1950. So a, a strain of flu in an American freezer in 1950 somehow started a strain in Russia, an outbreak in Russia and China. In 1978, a hybrid strain of smallpox killed a medical photographer at a lab in Birmingham, England. 2007, live foot and mouth disease leaked from a faulty drain pipe. At the Institute for Animal Health in England. In the U.S., you ready for this? From 2008 to 2012. Let me ask you this question: How many lab leaks do you think happen every year? If you ask me that, I would say I don't know. Zero. Probably none. <laughs> How many lab leaks could there possibly? Okay, people are going to be careless. You can't have you know. Can't be zero. Okay, one. One a year. 2008 to 2012, more than 1,100 laboratory incidents involving bacteria, viruses, and toxins that pose significant or bioterror risks to people in agriculture were reported to federal regulators. 1,100. 2015, the Department of Defense discovered that workers at a germ warfare testing center in Utah had mistakenly sent close to 200 shipments of live anthrax to laboratories throughout the world. (laughs) Just accidentally sent anthrax. All Here's a good one. Vials of smallpox were discovered at a laboratory at the national Institute of health. They had apparently been put away and forgotten for 50 years. So the WHO told everyone to destroy all their smallpox in uh, 1986. So 1986, everyone, you got to get rid of your smallpox. So there's only two strains left, one in Russia, one in Atlanta, the head of the CDC. That was, that was by 1993. So 1993, there's only two strains of smallpox, Russia and Atlanta. That's it. In 2014, 20 years later, they found six vials in a storage room in DC. Whoops. Someone just rummaging through the closet. Oh, what's this? Oh, I don't, smallpox. I'll tell you where I think COVID came from next point is consensus science, right? Gonna come back around with masks. We'll realize this whole thing was silly, the masks and the distancing even, all this stuff. When it comes to leaking, we're all human. We're humans who do very bad things intentionally, like the anthrax guy, and we're humans who make really stupid mistakes. And more related to masks and lockdowns, we're humans who don't like to admit we're wrong. We don't like to admit we're wrong. So we double down, we double down, and we double down. And here we are a year later, over a year later and still doing this silliness all right i'll come back i'll tell you where i think covid came from and i'll prove it mike slater filling in for buck sexton spread the word hey team buck mike slater filling in for buck sexton our final segment here today uh just again talking about the beginnings of covid and consensus science and human nature and i'll get to in a minute here where i think covid came from exactly but i just want to prove the point that viruses and bacteria and deadly things leave viruses escape laboratories all the time all the time frequently even Why else would there be so many government studies that say you shouldn't move the um, laboratory on food safety into Kansas? They're like, Oh, it's too close to the food. Well, why would that be a concern if viruses never leave the labs? Happens all the time. There was a Dutch scientist in 2011 who said he forced, this was his word, he took a form of the avian flu. He passed it through ferrets 10 times to prove that he could force his potentially fatal disease to infect humans. And when he did that, there were all these scientists who said, whoa, whoa, we got to slow our roll here. 2012, the New York times wrote an editorial "An engineered doomsday. The consequences should the virus escape are too devastating to risk. Should the virus escape? I thought that was an impossibility. 2016, a thousand page uh, dissertation from a consulting group hired by the National Science Advisory. One of the chapters was increasing the transmissibility of the virus could significantly increase the chance of a global pandemic due to a laboratory accident. Wait a second, that was 2016. I thought this was crazy talk. I thought it's crazy that something could leave a laboratory like this. Oh, you're a wacky conspiracy theory. Why are you being so mean to China? (laughs) All right, here's how it worked. This is is my guess. This is my go at it, right? April 2012, there's a copper mine in southern, southeastern China. Some guys, three particular, three men, were given this job of shoveling out the bat number two out of the mine shaft. Okay, we got this copper mine. We got to clear it out. Okay, you guys, you, 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 go shovel out the poop. So they went in seven hours a day in this tiny, not ventilated mine shaft, shoveling out bad poop. At the end of the week, they all were sick. And no one knew exactly why. Three more shovelers were hired to replace them. They they went to the hospital, right? So three more went in. They got sick. went to the doctor know no one at the hospital knew what it was but they took the virus and they brought it to this Wuhan laboratory they worked on the lab, they worked on it the gain of function they call it right the gain of function experiments at the Wuhan lab and who knows what happened from there but that's the connection from this bat mine made it Right? How did, how did he, The question is, how did it get from Southeast China to Wuhan? That's how. Through the lab. It was an experiment. Like, oh, these people are getting sick. Why? We don't know what it is. Okay, well, let's take it and uh, let's study it. Boom, let's send it over to the Wuhan lab. We'll st- that, that's what they do at the Wuhan lab. They study bat viruses. <laughs> that's specifically what they do. And they do these gain-of-function experiments to make it more virulent. And then somehow it escaped from one of the labs which happens frequently I told the story earlier of in uh, it was in China they were doing some experiments on monkeys or whatever and uh, the guy one of the lab techs took them some of the animals and they sold them in the back alley sold them in the back alley to go uh, be sold at the, the wet market okay so I don't know how it escaped but that's what happened and then on top of that China I don't think China intentionally sent it to the world but I, I don't think they did anything to stop it from being sent around the world because they're like hey we know we're gonna be taken out by this virus So we don't want to be at a competitive disadvantage. Let's just let it go out around the world anyway. That's how I think that went down. But listen, we'll see. What I'm against is the consensus science that says, oh, you're an idiot. (laughs) Uh, Viruses never leak out of laboratories or happens all the time. But it would never happen in China, right? Watch out for consensus science. Hey, coming up on tomorrow's show, you know, we, we talked earlier about uh, Lil Nas, uh, Buck's gonna be here on uh, Wednesday. We talked about Lil Nas X in his Satan shoes, trying to get attention. Uh, our kids are just inundated with just horrible stuff all the time, nonstop. Tomorrow I wanna, I wanna spend some time focusing on, as Plato called it, the good, the beautiful, and the true. Things that are praiseworthy, praiseworthy and admirable, and noble, and good. We need more of that in our lives. And I want to encourage us all to do more of that and then also to make sure our kids are surrounded by that because there's so much ugliness that they're inundated with. So we'll do that on tomorrow's show. Slater.locals.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Spread the word.